Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Atlanta Falcon Nation, what it do? What it do? This your boy K Styles, one third of the heavy hitters. Every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. I'll let you let the boys introduce themselves. Go ahead, Mike. Know. Let my boy Mad Mike, aka the mad mm -hmm. scientist. We got Jew Talk Sports, aka Jew. My voice of reason. Right. I'm, 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 I'm Juju. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Juju on that beat, whatever y'all want to call me, the voice of reason, all three of them, all low. <laughs> so, so, so how, yeah, so how we doing today, fellas? Hey, on this hey, Monday after another disappointing loss. How hey, I'm that? chilling, man. We got to get back on real quick. We got to turn around. We got to put that game behind us real quick because Thursday coming up real fast. So, them guys can't lay around in their misery. They better be ready to play. We only got a couple more days. And I think tomorrow's a traveling day. So, it ain't no time to be mm -hmm. uh, pouting. Ain't no time to be thinking about last week because this week is right here. It's, it's coming up fast. So, them guys get okay. better get ready. Okay. So, before we get to the three keys to victory, I'm going to give a couple shout outs to. Super Boy 34 ATM05, Jerry Bowie, Ezekiel King. And hey, you got Ju Jew Talk Sports. You got, you got Jeffrey Reed saying what's good. Yeah, that's so, Pops. That's Pops in the chat. <laughs> what's up, Pops? I would say Mark 504, but he already trolling. So we're gonna move past that. We're gonna get straight to these three keys of victories. Oh, Mike, I let you let go ahead and start it off. What you think? Hey man, I, I think it's quite simple to be honest. Um, from what I've seen in these games, um, there, there's one, and I got to start it off, um, off, off, off proper. I got to start this turn this mother out, turn this mother out. I'm just going back to the 80s with MC Hammer and Deion Sanders. Y'all don't know nothing about that when they was on the sideline, too legit to quit. Y'all don't know nothing about that, but um. <laughs> I'm gonna say this, man. The first one, obviously, for me, and I think this is most important. I, I I typically keep the last and most important one for um for last, to be honest. But um, coaches just got to stop losing games. Coaches just have to stop losing games for these players. Got to put them in position. To succeed, we see this time and time again where coaches make questionable decisions and coaches not doing their best to get quarterbacks in rhythm in the in, in the first quarter. That's what we saw. We saw Raheem Morris make a questionable decision whether or not to go for it on fourth down. Um, Honestly, at the time, I thought it wasn't the smartest thing to do. Um, it's the fourth quarter. Yeah, you have an opportunity to score there, but at the same time, it's a huge risk. You're down one point. You're down. You're down one point. At the time, I think they were down. They were tied. Um, no, they were. They were down one point. You kicked the field goal. You up four points, and. 
honestly, it came back to bite us not going for the field goal. They still would have won the game. If they would have won for the field goal and hit the field goal, you're talking about the Falcons still win by three points, two points. At least one point. No, they would have they would have won by uh one point. They would have won by one point had they just went for the field goal. They didn't do that. Coaches cannot continue to take games away from the players. This is what we see every time, all the time. This is what I've been. That's why I went out on the limb and I said I was not big number one supporter. Why? Because these these coaches put players in positions where they're not getting the maximum. They're not. What they're not. They're not putting these guys and putting them in position to have a maximum effect. A maximum effect to play hard on the field when they had the opportunities. Reason why I say this: you look at. I, Isaiah Oliver. Isaiah Oliver is a what? He's a man corner, a physical corner, and you consistently put him in positions where he's playing off coverage. Bell, he doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have the, the ball awareness, and you keep putting him in positions to fail. He's not a cover three corner. AJ is not a cover three corner. These guys are man. They're physical. They And I did the breakdown of AJ. I did a breakdown of AJ and show his physicality. The guy loves to get physical. I said Oliver plays better when he's physical. We've we've been seeing this. AJ AJ Terrell's been playing amazing. I said Oliver has been playing well. He hasn't been bad. He hasn't been playing bad. Is he great? Absolutely not. But he's not as terrible as people keep saying he is. Know what I'm saying? So coaches got to stop. Coaches have to stop. They must stop putting these players in position to fail. Go for the field goal. No, we can't keep a goddamn three lead. We can't keep a fucking – we can't keep a 20-point a lead. Does it really matter how many damn points we up? We just need to get – we just need to get – the, put, we just at this point, we just need to find Jesus. Okay, let's just find Jesus and pray to Jesus, pray to Allah, whoever you want to pray for, because that that that's the only thing that's going to keep this team keep a lead. That's it. That's the only thing that's going to keep keep a lead. All right, I do what you got, man. Hey, man. My three keys to victory is simple. We talk about it every week. Uh, Jerry just said it right here in the chat. It starts with our pass rush. Like us playing that cover three zone, if you're going to play that cover three, you have to be able to get home with that front four. We've seen that at the end of the game in a lot of these games that we've lost um, at the end of the game. The reason we're losing these games at the end is because we don't have the pass rush to close it, uh, close these games out. And that's what really hurt us. Um, against Detroit, that's what hurt us in that uh, game against Chicago, is basically getting pressure on the quarterback. So really what I think we need to do, um, my pops was saying it uh, in the chat, we have to make adjustments. We have to make adjustments. Like uh, heading into this game against the Carolina Panthers, at the end of the game, if it's close and it comes down to a last drive and the Panthers have the ball, we need to start blitzing. We have to send the blitz. Because if you notice in this last game, one thing, you, you guys know that I wasn't huge on the Dan Quinn uh, bringing in an interim head coach because I felt like his interim, like the interim guys or the guys that were his assistants, 
they they were sipping uh the Dan Quinn Kool-Aid. And we noticed that last week it happened with Raheem Morris. He basically uh, down the stretch did the same thing that Dan Quinn would have did. Played the cover three and lived and died by it. Playing that soft zone coverage with which got us beat again, once again. So I feel like in this game coming up, if it comes down to the last, you know, the last possession and Carolina has the ball, we need the blitz. We need to send the blitz because, like I said, this last game, one thing I can't say about Raheem Morris, uh, when he actually uh, took over as head coach, he's starting to disguise. These guys are like they're disguising the blitz better. Because this last game, I love the blitz schemes I've seen. Uh, I think it was Keanu Neal had a sack. And also, uh, De- uh, Deion Jones had a sack, and it was like perfect. He came right up the A gap, right up the, and it was nothing that Stafford could do because Deion Jones, his speed, like that ball has to come out quick. And if it's not like a quick uh, screen pass or something like that, you're not gonna be able to get that ball off that quick, and you're not gonna outrun Deion Jones. Um, I see uh, someone in the chat talking about uh, Kendall Sheffield. I'm not even going to lie. Kendall Sheffield sucks last game, but it's cool. Let's hope he has a better game on Thursday. Uh, I don't know about that. To me, the, to me, the secondary has been playing well. So I don't know about that uh, Know about that comment from Muhammad. Personally, I don't really think that Kendall Sheffield is playing bad. I really think that you can't expect a secondary to play well when you don't have no, no pass rush. And that's really what we're seeing. Like They're not getting no pressure on the quarterback. So if you're playing a cover three or playing that cover three, well, I can hear you there. But, but okay. for what you were saying, for zone, you own. Well. Technical difficulties going on right now, but I kind of agree with him on the cover three. Oh. We lost Mike too, huh? We lost. <laughs> well, this the yeah, this is the bootleg version of the show. They bear with us. <laughs> Go ahead, you. What we, you we, talking we about? We've been hacked. We've been hacked. No. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me Tad McKinley. Don't, don't tell. Don't tell me Tad McKinley doesn't hack this shit again. Hey, now Tatton came in here. They didn't send somebody in here. Carolina then uh, corrupted our our show, y'all. <laughs> but like I was saying, man, my three keys could be the same thing because Mike touched on what I wanted to touch on in my second key to victory. I talked about the coaching, mm-hmm. but mainly, like I said, it's mainly pass rush. That's the biggest problem I'm seeing with this team. It's the pass rush. Like I was uh, touching on the fans' comment about Kendall Sheffield. Like to me. Kendall Sheffield is not playing bad. Really, nobody in the secondary at this point since Raheem Morris t- has taken over is playing bad. Even uh, Isaiah Oliver has looked better, but it, it, Mike's talked about it before. I feel like Raheem Morris is doing a better job of kind of hiding him and keeping a safety over top of him and helping, and they're playing more aggressive. They're playing more aggressive. So I really don't think that uh, the secondary is playing bad. I really think that the main issue is the pass rush. So being that our pass rush right now is so suspect, I would be sending the blitz. We got to go back to the grits blitz, and we just got to get out, guys. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater come out quick in this game because it came out quick last game. So in this game, it's mainly going to be about putting pressure on Teddy Bridgewater, getting your hands up, trying to bat and tip a ball, and getting turnovers because that's something that I noticed about last game as well. Against Minnesota, if you guys remember, we had three interceptions in that first half. I think against Detroit, we didn't have no turnovers. 
I don't think that they fumbled or we got any interceptions last game. And if you remember, no. Matt Ryan uh, had a fumble. So, you know, we got to get turnovers. We talked about it before. Raheem Morris made it real simple. Defense, take the ball away, prevent them from scoring. Offense, go score the ball. And I'm going to leave it at that, K-Styles. You can go ahead and run with it, man. But pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. That's my three keys to victory. It's all about pass rush and affecting the quarterback. Can I, can I, go, can I go real fast? I, I just want to say the other two real quick. Real quick, real quick. Go ahead, go ahead man. Um, that, that, like I said, everybody keep talking about Isaiah Oliver, man. Isaiah Oliver isn't a problem. Isaiah Oliver actually has been playing much better. And I would appreciate if the Falcons just get their knowledge up and actually decide to watch real film and stop listening to PFF and looking at PFF scores and listening to ESPN and listening to these dumbass people um, that are actually writing for these ridiculous, ridiculous companies. I won't say the name, but they know who they are. Stop listening to those people. He's actually playing much better. And this is why I like, I have to check people all the time. Secondary, playing in the secondary, and if, if you got one particular weakness in your secondary and they keep going to that guy, that one single guy, that's not that one guy's problem. You're doing a whole job of coaches hiding him. This is what your boy Ju just said. you got to do a better job of hiding your weaknesses. If teams are continuously going at one particular player, you're not doing a very good job of hiding your weakness, okay? They know your weakness. How you should you react? By adjusting. It's quite simple. It's not hard. If somebody keep punching you in the face on your right eye, if I keep that punching you in your right eye, what you going to do? Cover up the left eye? No. You're going to cover up the right eye. Duh. This is the stuff that I'm talking about. So if they continue to be picking on one particular person, do something about it. Second one, keep giving the ball to Todd Gurley. Keep doing it because they can't handle the physicality. They can't handle his physicality. He's a big running back, and he deserves a lot of respect. And But but, but to go along with that, that offensive line, Caleb McGarry, oh, my Jesus. Caleb McGarry is turning into an absolute monster. The dude is coming. He's turning into a beast. Him and Chris Lindstrom got something to say. So they got to continue to pound these guys, hitting that rock, and putting the body on the body. Third one, and most, most importantly, fans got to shut the fuck up. Fans got to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Shut the hell up. Shut your asses up because you don't know what you're talking about. Why do I say that? Because you're pissing off, not, 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 not just you pissing off me, you're pissing off the players. This actually does affect people. There are people also. So when you go on, on Instagram and saying this and saying this, and then you go into the game, and this is going to be my rent, my two-point conversion, you go into games and vandalizing people crap, that does affect people on the field. So if we're going to win, let's get behind these players. Support goes a long way. So we got to support these guys. Even if they won in six, support them, bro. It, it, support doesn't cost you anything. 
It does. So go ahead, Kev. Do your thing, bro. But before I get to mine, I'm going to give a couple more shout outs. William, Amy, Slim Kids, 730. Uh, Fly Eagle, Fly for Life. But it it's pretty much going to go to basically what it said about the pass rush. I mean, for the love of God, the last time we played them, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater was sitting back there calling an Uber. <laughs> his name, but, for his bottom, for his bottom bitches, because he was not getting touched. <laughs> you know which, but 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 I will say that I will say this. I'm glad I said that too because it leads now to this is gonna be a new exclusive three types of stupid award <laughs> that's gonna go for the way for. That's going for the coaching staff that blew that. Like I said, like I said, Raheem Morris, you 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 cannot backtrack and say, "Oh, we sh- we should have nailed it." Like I said, if you ran it with Ty Girl, stand on. That's that's the part of that's the part of coaching that is underrated. If you make a mistake, stand on. Yeah, I'd have made mistakes before. Shit, I'm, I'm fat now. I'm standing on it. Whatever. <laughs> but but I digress from my point. Like I said, basically pass rush. Is it? Like I said, don't do the same thing twice. You gotta be unpredictable. That's what cut loud. Cause if you sitting there and you playing soft shell, and like you said, you know your pass rush ain't getting there. Send send seven send two more linebackers. Send a corner. Do it for sixty damn minutes. Like I said, that's gonna be my automatic one of my top three keys every week now. In sixty minutes, pretty much the same shit every week. Exactly. Exactly. I'm listening to to what you said. Do what you did last week. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here listening to a Drake album all over again. Like damn, bro. Maybe she will. Maybe I'm just leave. I'ma just leave it at that. You know, I haven't heard about Denard. I gotta look into that. But um the only person that's hurt right now, of course, we all know is Tech. John Kaminsky's still on the COVID list. Uh Marlon Davidson came off the COVID list, but uh John Kaminsky's still on the COVID list. He's the only one still on there, so but my dad was just saying uh in the chat, here y'all go, y'all. <laughs> dumb dumber and dumber, Ed Ed Netty, whatever y'all want to say. We continue to do dumb things. I talked about it last week with our coaching, coaching smart. And that's why it's like it's just what uh Case was just saying uh just saying. Like the coaching staff just dub- double down on what you did. If you decided to go forward, like you said, hindsight is always 2020. Like, if we would have picked it up, he would have been a genius. But when it's fourth and five, I feel like the biggest problem I had with them going for it is our defense was actually playing pretty well. So if you got the lead four, four, like, it's different if it's kind of like, okay, we're in a game where they're scoring touchdowns. Like, against Green Bay, they were going down scoring touchdowns. I feel like don't mm-hmm. come in – and Mike talked about this last week after the game. Don't come into the game 
like to me, they're coming into the game with a pre a preset game plan and they're not making adjustments during the game. Every game is different. So you can't come to the game and say, well, we get on the 50 yard line. We're going to go for it. It don't work like that. it doesn't work like that. Like you have to, like Michael saying, make in-game adjustments. It can't be, well, this is our game plan and we're going to stick to it. It got to be based off of, OK, is our defense playing well? OK, if our defense is playing well, then OK. We can kick the field goal and go up by four because they might stop them and not let them get in field goal range. If it's a game where, okay, they're scoring touchdowns every time, like a nosebleed, like in Green Bay, where we couldn't stop them, okay, well, we're going to have to go for it now and play ultra aggressive because field goals is not going to be enough to beat this team. But you can't come into the game and say, well, if we get on this yard line, we're going to automatically go for it. It don't work that way. You have to make the in-game adjustments, and that's one of the big things I'm seeing uh, with our coaching staff is they're not making in-game adjustments. It's like they're coming into the game with their game plan, with certain plays they're going to run, and they're not making those adjustments. And that's a, that's a huge issue. And that's one of the biggest issues that I'm noticing, uh, especially with these four, going forward on fourth down, saying we're trying to play aggressive. It's not about playing aggressive all the time. It's about playing smart. And mm-hmm. sometimes when you play smart, smart. that is yep. being aggressive. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we do either one, aggressive or smart. I'll ask exactly. anything right at this point. Exactly. I say, I say, we bring Mr. Coach Clyde out there. Hey, Asia, <laughs> that's my girl, my Falcon hey. girl. Asia Harrison, yeah. the bunny. Rodney, Reed, what it do? Welcome and shout to out show. to Jew's dad for tuning in. We got to give him a big shout out. Oh, gee. Shout out to the wife. Gianni Phillips, they won't change because their defensive philosophy rush four, drop seven, four, three does emphasize. You know what? I'm getting echoes in my ear. Hold on. Y'all go ahead and finish yeah, ba- that. But, but basically, Gianni's saying basically rush four, drop seven. I'm like, if you, your defensive line is too small for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what you've been saying the whole time. That's what Mike's been saying the whole time. It's not even that they're too small, really. They are small, but the problem is they're not getting home. I don't care if they were getting home. I don't care how small they were if they could get home with four, but we're not getting home with four. So the problem is you're not affecting the quarterback. Like, they're not feeling no pressure, and they have all day to throw. And to expect those guys – like, if you heard at the end of the game they were talking about uh, Keanu Neal was saying we were supposed to plaster. You only can plaster those guys for so long. Like, if you remember on that last play of the game when they scored the touchdown – Wilson was in the backfield. Uh, Stafford was in the backfield scrambling. Then he stepped up in the pocket. Dante Fowler was on his left. He blew. He went by him. The offensive uh, offensive tackle laid on top of him, and Stafford ran right up the middle and threw the ball to Hawkinson. Hawkinson wasn't like if you go back and look at the, the tape or the film, Hawkinson wasn't open right away. Uh, DJ Shockley broke it down on AtlantaFalcons.com. He wasn't open right away. It was it was him being mobile in the pocket. Stafford which created the time for him to get open because you can only plaster those guys for so long so without getting a, a holding penalty because these guys are breaking off their routes by that. Like if you got six and seven and eight, you know, six, seven, eight, eight seconds back there as a quarterback with no pressure, guys are going to get open in that, in that zone. There's too many holes. Guys are going to get open because when I look at that play, if you go back and look at that last play of the game, Hawkinson wasn't the only guy. Open. It was another guy that broke wide open as well. Everett just, just decided to throw it to Hawkins. So I blame the pass rush, and I blame you have to wrestle. We should have blitzed him on that play because if you blitz, you may walk him out fast. Yeah, you might have to play some one-on-one coverage, or yeah, it may be more openings, 
But if you press up, play tighter coverage, and you blitz, Stafford is not the most fleet of foot. Stafford. Yeah, he can scramble a little bit, but if you blitz Deion Jones or you blitz a corner, they're going to get there fast. So he's going to have to let that ball go, and that ball is probably not going to be as accurate if he can't set his feet. And that was proven during the game. That was proven during the game when he got – when he got sacked on those plays, it was nothing he could do. He was dead to rights with Deion Jones coming right up the nose like that, coming through the A-gap. And that's just adjustments. We keep talking about it. Like, they knew we were going to go into that soft cover three, and Stafford knew he was going to have time. If we would have blitzed on the one play when he threw it down the field to Galladay on that last drive, when he threw it like 50 yards, he had time because he had time to let Galladay get down the field because we only rushed four. And what did he do? Scrambled just like he did on the last play, stepped up in the pocket, and just threw the ball down the field. And real talk, if you look at that last play, Keanu Neal also was uh, – that was a pass interference on Keanu Neal. They just didn't call him. All right, Mike, what's your, what's your take on it? Oh, oh what he just said. It, he he – he, uh, I think he's absolutely um, – this is what I've always said about the – well, the Falcons. And, and, and it, it's not a matter of talent. It's not a matter of – which coverage that they are playing at the particular time. Um, because truth is, the cover three does work. The cover two works. Man works. But the issue is adjusting the lack thereof. And why I alluded to um, on the post game, I, can't, I, I keep saying the exact same thing. They come in with a preconceived idea of this is what we're going to do. And no matter what look that they get from, whether it's the offense or the defense or special teams, they're going to stick to that game plan. And that's the wrong mindset to have during the game. They go into the game saying, guess what? If we get, if it's third and five, let's just say, if it's third and five, third and five, we don't get it, we're going to go for it. That's a preconceived mindset before you even, like, even think about what you're going to do or assess the situation, they're going to go for it. They're not looking at the score. They're not looking at if the, the defense is tied or the offense is tied. They're not looking at any of that. They going. They are going to go for it. And see, this is why they lose games, because you don't have the in-game adjustment. you got to be in present. And oftentimes you don't see them present. The first In the first quarter, of the game. You saw the Falcons were just not in a rhythm. Matt Ryan and the offense, they were not in a rhythm. The passing game, they were not in a in, in a rhythm. It's simple. If they're not in a if they're not in a rhythm, you go to a a West Coast offense with short passes. This is how they beat Seattle. When Matt Sharp, the offense wasn't in a rhythm. They they got into a rhythm and it had all all game long, all they did was short passes. Just let the athletes be athletes. That's how you get quarterbacks in the rhythm. It doesn't matter if you're if you are Drew Brees who can't throw the ball 15 yards down the field. You got to use the short passes to get the quarterback into a rhythm. And when he's a rhythm, that's when you can attack downfield because the quarterback is in rhythm. He's not worried about the, the, the you know them blitzing or whatever. He's in a rhythm. He feels good. He got his blood flowing. Matt Ryan, those guys were not. In the rhythm, Julio was not in the rhythm. Calvin really, those guys were just not in the rhythm. But instead of him going to a short passing game, what he did was continue to throw the ball downfield or try to attack downfield. And this is this is the issue that I got with with the 
Falcons offensive, the, the coaching staff, they go in the game with a preconceived idea of what's, what they want to do, and they're going to try to see that through no matter what. And this is why we consistently lose games because they go in games with an idea, this is what we're going to do no matter what, and they get blown out. And they try to do something different, but when it's too late, the other team is at a rhythm, ain't nothing you can do. So it's the Falcons coaching, man. I, I said this over and over again. This team has the talent. They have talent all across the board. Um, you look at Michael Walker. He's playing his lights out. Foyer Olakun is the best linebacker on his team right now. I love Dion. But Foyer is playing out of his freaking mind right now. He's the best linebacker. On, if, if I, I would say this. He's the best player on the team right now. On the, he's playing the best ball. Besides Matt Ryan, Foyer Olakun is the best player on this team. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. This dude is all over the place. He's making plays, coverage. He's getting in the backfield. He's getting turnovers. This guy's playing his behind off. So it's not a lack of talent. It's a coaching. That's it. Get a better coach for this team. Get a better leader. Hold these guys accountable. The Falcons can go places. Mm-hmm. We can't have these. We can't have this crap, man. So that's it. That's that's all I got, bro. <laughs> Shit, 54 was tattooed on my TV, boy. Bro, I'm, I'm trying to tell you. Boy, is right there. Like I said, he's the best. Behind Matt Ryan, he's the best player. It's, 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 it's close between him and Calvin Ridley, but Matt Ryan, the best player on the team right now, and Foyer Olakun is right there with Foyer is all over the place. I dare anybody to look at the game and go back and tell me that Foyer is not making plays. That dude you know what I can say? I can say mm-hmm. that how um, Raheem went into the first um, practice, you know, it was a lot of mm-hmm. we feel uncomfortable, you know. He was showing his little guns and shit. It didn't seem like it was the same thing. I think he got comfortable, like, okay, I feel like I know these guys a little bit more and I think they're good. They know what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. We'll just see how it goes. No, you got to have that each and every time that these guys practice. Like, that wasn't no good. Yeah, you won, but there's a lot of mistakes that I've seen that need to be improved. So, you know, you go in there with a mindset that we got to do way better than we did. Yes, we are capable of winning, but what? let's look at these game films and figure out what it was that you know, messed us up because it could have been way better than that. Yeah, we won, but I wasn't satisfied with it. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just need a coach that's going to keep it the same each and every time. And Raheem is just time. there with a paycheck at this point. But it's like you will want to audition and want to be a coach, you know. So the, the spotlight is on you. This is the time where you turn this team around and make a point. Yeah, I mean, no, no, you he can't like you say he can't use that Minnesota game as an audition. Oh yeah, I'm ready to be a head coach. Nah, mm-hmm. it don't work like that. Is what like I said, the main thing is you got to like you said you got to be better than you got to be better next week than you was the previous week. There's mistake is on film every game, no matter if you win or lose. Because at the, at the end of the day, those mistakes makes you a better football team. 
Mm -hmm. And I look at Smitty saying they need discipline. No, I agree with that. Right. They need, yeah, mental discipline. Like you said, it you know, shows. like you said, you know, you, you, you want to have that fire, you know, your ass is online. Don't revert back to the Dan Quinn mindset. Then, like I said, it's going to be the same story all over again. You know what, what it is, they're accustomed to it. Yes. That's it. A culture. Mm -hmm. culture. So yeah. you're not going to, once you get that out of their system, it's going to always be there. This mm -hmm. is what they're they this is how they operate. This is how they've been rolling for a few years now. So you have to embed that out of their brains that oh it's okay. I'll have a I'll have a paycheck. You know what I'm saying? You know what? And, and you know what? I keep saying over and over again. I keep saying this over and over again. Rex Ryan, dog. Rex Ryan is a complete asshole. You need a complete asshole. Don't give a dang about nobody. Mm -hmm. That's what you need. You need a Brian Cox. You need a Rex Ryan. Hell, you may even need a um. What's the uh the Giants a president? Uh, Tom hey, Tom Cawthon. <laughs> Maybe you need a guy. Maybe you need a complete asswipe on your team because these guys are soft and they're complacent. And it's like, okay, we win one game. It's just like, oh, back to the same stuff. <laughs> We're good again. We got We're this. We're good again. We know how to win. We got it. Mm-hmm. And then but here my, we go. But the exact my, same way. But my it actually went to your point you said last time. You like you said, you might have to just get rid of this. You might have to chop this whole chop this whole culture staff. Because at the end yeah. of the day, it's the culture. Exactly. Yeah, everybody's it's coming. Culture. It's, it's coming, culture. bro. Because it's regardless of who we hold on to as far as a coach, offensive, defensive, anyone, they still going to have that same mindset. Man. Yep. Yeah, we it's talked so about bad. it. And that's why they want the interim coach. That's why they want an interim head coach. This is exactly why they want an interim head coach, because everybody thought that it was just Dan Quinn. But what y'all got to realize, Dan Quinn hired his staff. So these guys, mm -hmm. Jeff Ulbricht, you know that cover three like they but they were drinking Dan, the dan quinn kool-aid believe it or not they were drinking the kool-aid now i can say that the players have played harder because it's evident you turn the film on for the first five games and then you turn the, the game on for minnesota you turn the game on last week the defense is playing totally different guys are flying around it looked like with dan quinn the guys had lost heart so i think that they did need a new voice but as far as making the boneheaded mistakes, not knowing complimentary football, not knowing clock management, like any coach knows, like why is Todd Gurley even being handed the football and telling the, the you know, to go and lay down on a one yard line? Like you kneel and you kick the field goal. Like we've been going through this since Super Bowl. We've been going through this since the Super Bowl. That, that was 2016. We still having the same conversation from four years ago. That's the same thing we said in the Super Bowl. All we had to do, once Julio Jones caught the ball on the sideline, you call three, you kneel the ball three times, you bring Matt Bryan out for a field goal, you take the lead, and it's an insurmountable lead. Same thing in this game. Uh, the Lions were out mm -hmm. of timeout. You kneel the ball. You don't say, he said, well, we put the ball in Todd Gurley's hands because I didn't trust Matt Ryan. Like, that don't even make sense. Like, don't lie. Just tell the truth. You you didn't you didn't know the clock management. He didn't realize until after the game he that he could have been. He didn't. He just didn't know. He said that. He said that. Raheem Morris, if you if you go watch this interview today, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. said, 
I put the ball in Todd Gurley. I didn't trust Matt Ryan. He said Matt Ryan is not used to carrying the ball. You know, sometimes guys pile up on the quarterback. And they were like, well, if you take a kneel, if you kneel the ball, they're not going to jump on Matt Ryan if he just wow. steps, steps back and kneel. He has the ball in his hands 90% <laughs> of the time. How do exactly. you not trust the quarterback? He has the ball in the hand every play. What That's, are you what talking about? That's what it is. The bottom line is he was trying he was trying to save his bacon, Mike. The bottom line is he was you could tell when he said it that he was not telling the truth. Like he was lying. We, it's easy to say the man was lying because we were like we were on like the 10-yard line when Ty Gurley ran the ball. I think it was like on the 10 or the seven-yard line. Like it, it took Ty Gurley a minute to get to the end get to the end zone. He was literally carrying somebody that let him go. And that's his momentum carried him into the end zone. The problem was we're on the, the 10-yard line. Young Way Koo can make an extra point. Just kneel. Three yes, kneels and the game is over. Was a running back that, that was it. You saw it. His they showed that they don't trust any of their players, to be real. Well, yeah. wow. well, well, then that leads to my <laughs> powder toast moment of the day goes to Rocky. I was waiting on it. I was waiting on it. Stupid-ass comment. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it today? And it will be Raheem Morris for that stupid ass comment I just heard. <laughs> go back and watch. Yeah, you gotta go back play it. Oh, Y'all gotta go watch. It was it was it was terrible. My thing is See, like you said, Kevin. Own it. Own it. You own gotta it. own. You gotta own your mistakes. That's what. That's where yeah, your balls drop as a coach. You own your mistakes, yeah. but. Bro, we wow. don't went through this with the Seattle game where he talking about he game plan for Chris Carson instead of Russell Wilson. He went. I, I forgot another game he did. God damn, it, it's it's six of them in the L com, so I forgot what other game he did in that one. Nah, bro, you can't well, go. You can't the, do that. We know all the coaches get the Power Toast Award for us not knowing how to recover onside kick, telling the guys to back away from the football like it's a bomb out there on the field. Yeah, like, bro, this ain't Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Nah, nah, man, Raheem, you can't do that, man. You trying to get a no. head coaching job. You can't do that. You just, bro, you just you really much. You, you, he literally just killed his head coaching thing with that statement alone. Mm-hmm. That's your franchise. Because notice Blake on the, came on, on that field. field. It was right there. Yeah. Back, yeah. You know he only do that when he pissed off. He got them all folds like he about to go yeah, chop yeah. somebody's head off. He watching That's everything, man. He... The the problem <laughs> is like Case Style said, stop backtracking. Our coaches need to stop backtracking. If you went for it, mm-hmm. just stand behind what you did. We was trying to be aggressive. They keep asking you the same question. You keep repeating the same answer. I was trying to be aggressive. If it come up and they ask you the question a yeah. different way. I was trying to be aggressive. But when you start backtracking, and this is what we talk about identity, and that's what Mike's talking about. Rex Ryan, when he give you his answer, he going to stand flat-footed on his answer. He's not going to backtrack and say, well, I could have did this. Well, I could have did that. He's going to say, I blitzed because I felt like that was the best thing to do. And they ask him another question, I blitzed because I thought it was the best. Like, he's not going to be doing too much backtracking. That's the problem. Dan Quinn was doing it, and now Raheem Morris is doing the same exact thing. Stand on your word. Stand on your word, exactly, man. Oh my god, man. I can't believe he said that. 
like yeah, like quarterback are the most sure-handed players on the field. Like, how do you say with a straight face that you don't trust a quarterback to handle? The, that's what they do. Every single play is handle the ball. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Like, bro, are you kidding me? He forgot what? they snapped the ball to the quarterback when you get in the victory formation. I ain't never seen somebody Duh. put their wire their, their running back back there in victory formation and take a kneel. <laughs> we have a question right here. I okay. hate to suggest this, but do you think that the Falcons will entertain the thought of an Alex Mack trade? I wouldn't if you got any sense. <laughs> if you got any sense, you know, I always talk about the trenches. Hey, Alex Mack is a guy to make all the calls. Him and Matt Ryan, they're like one brain. Those guys, he's the one making all the line calls. He's the one that was helping the Caleb McGarry's, uh, the Chris Lindstrom's that's right next to him, the guards and stuff like that. He's the guy that's telling those guys what to do. So he's kind of like the brains on the field. And I like Alex Mack because Alex Mack is just one of those, you know, those hard-nosed players. Like, if you watch him, he's one of those players that plays through the echoes of the whistle. Like, you'll see him running downfield on a running play. And he'll be pushing him and Chris Lindstrom. I seen Chris Lindstrom one game help pull Todd Gurley into the end zone. I think that was against Green Bay. It was kind of like he just helped push him into the end zone. And Alex Mack is mm-hmm. one of those same type of players where you see him pushing the pile. And he's just one of the smartest players on the team. So I feel like you never should get – that's like saying get rid of your quarterback. Alex Mack is the brains of that offensive line. Without him – and that's why I really, like, my heart stopped a little bit on Sunday when he went down with that injury. I was like, I hope it ain't serious. But when I seen it, I was like, oh, man, that's Alex Mack down. I was like, I hope that, that uh, Hennessy don't have to play the, you know, play the center position because he has no experience. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, Alex Mack keeps everybody in line, everybody on the offense. So I wouldn't even entertain a trade for Alex Mack. You can't replace that. Go and ask the, uh, the Saints when they let go of their – when they traded Jimmy Graham – and they went and got, uh, yeah, Max Unger. Mm-hmm. That was the Seahawks uh, traded uh, for Jimmy Graham. I think they regretted, you know, trading for Jimmy Graham and letting go of Max mm-hmm. Unger because Max, Max Unger was one of those guys just like Alex Mack. He was the brains of that offensive line. And right after he left, like, trust me, yeah. Russell Wilson was running for his life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I can give you a perfect example of that, too. Jeff Saturday and Peyton Manning. Ooh. Like, yeah. like that when, when Jeff Saturday was gone, Peyton Manning started getting hurt. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that that quarterback center combo? Like, like I said before, is the most one of the most important relationships to have on that field. And I don't think you want Hennessy right now because if he if he's making the calls, he's gonna be looking like he drunk some Hennessy during the game. <laughs> <laughs> But but you won't, but you need Alice Matt to mold him because Hennessy is gonna take some time. That's a project right there. Mm-hmm. What you think about that, Mike? Uh I echo you guys' exact sentiment. Um I just don't think you do that. Um if anything, you offer him a contract, um, an extension at this point, um, and try to sell him on the next coach. Bringing a head coach like a again, like a Rex Ryan or Wade Phillips, or even bring in the enemy, but you bring in a, a veteran defensive coordinator. Todd Bowles is a guy that I would even um look at to bring in also. I think he's doing a wonderful job um in Tampa. Um, this is one thing that I've always stated with 
a lot of people um, that I, I will not name, uh, but everybody says that it's impossible to turn a defense around in a year. Todd Bowles did it. Rex Ryan did it. Don Martinell did it. So to tell me that the Falcons don't have enough pieces to turn his defense around to make it a, a respectable defense, that's absolutely false. We've seen this before. Tampa, they were 32nd in the next year with Todd Bowles at the helm calling plays for that defense, and they still don't have the best second there. Like, let's, let's make that clear. They don't have the best second there. Those guys not very good. He does a great job of making the quarterback uncomfortable. That's what Todd Bowles do. So what I would do is bring in a guy like Todd Bowles, a young offensive coordinator, you can groom to become the next head coach for the Atlanta Falcons, but they need at this point in time until Matt Ryan is no longer uh, an Atlanta Falcons, um, draft a quarterback in the second, third round um, to kind of sit behind Matt Ryan for the next uh, year or two, three, uh, two or three years. Um, but bringing a guy like Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles can turn this team around in no time, turn that defense around in no time. I'm not concerned about the offense. No one should be concerned about this offense. They're still, at this point in time, Matt Ryan is the number one quarterback, passing quarterback in the league. Look it up, number one. So I'm not worried about the offense. The offense is going to be offense. You need a guy that can come in and turn around his defense. So when it all comes down to it, man, um, I just – the narrative for me, man, you just at this point, you just have to stop. Um, and I'm seeing stuff in the comment section. They talk about Dante Fowler is a bust and all that. Even that's absolutely false. It's Futuristic. Um, our phone line is not up, so they'll call and with no line to answer. Don't do that. Yeah, I, yeah the phone line is not up at the time. but We should put that up, though. I'll never get it set up. <laughs> we got shit to do, man. We got shit to do, man. Y'all can have All some right. people call in. That'd be yeah. wonderful. Yeah, damn, man. I'm bouncing for y'all. We'll get that up. We'll get that up. Um, Blame Matt we'll Mike. Wow. You're going to put me on the spot. Really? 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 Wow. I blame all of y'all. Hey, Sean, like who to say that Todd Bowles want to be a defensive coordinator? If you offer that man a head coaching job, you think he won't take it in Atlanta with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones? You think this dude won't do that? Man, stop smoking that green. Oh, I say that that that, that, that speed. You know, y'all need to start that speed, bro. Like, we need to start that speed. <laughs> anybody, anybody, you see what Kyle Shanahan did. Kyle Shanahan got a head coaching job because he came to Atlanta. He got a head coaching job because he came to Atlanta. Dirk Cutter got a head coaching job because he was in Atlanta. Mike Malarkey got a head coaching job because he was in Atlanta. So Top's yes, telling me that it's not going to do it. Uh, we got somebody shooting a shot over here. Oh, oh Lord. I'll take the 500 bucks, though. <laughs> 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 Y'all are no good. Black, 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 black. Wait a minute. Tell him, Maggie, I'm not for sale. She not for sale. We, we don't, we don't, we don't sell them over here. That's right. Go down to Ford Industrial with that. Y'all come, 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 y
Y'all come Look correct. at this shirt. Trust me, you'll get beat up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I said, I agree with like I, said, I agree with Mike. Like I said, offense ain't the problem. Hell, the last game just showed you that. If if you got your head coach talking about we sh- we should have kneeled, like I said, if they if they gonna go for the touchdown and should have kneeled, he had no trust in his defense. Bruh, defense gave up a 65 yard drive in less than 60 seconds. Yeah. On three throws. Exactly. That's big. That that's that just sums that's up horrible. That, just, that just sums up what the what the play calling been. Exactly. <laughs> what more can we say? Yeah, man. I'm about to address this this Dante Fowler blasphemy in this in this chat because I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was about like, to go, go, go ahead. ahead. I know Dante yeah. Fowler, my guy, but I guess they won't watch it on Sunday when he came down on that goal line top and blew Adrian Peterson up in the backfield. One thing about Adrian Peterson, he's a hard runner. I ain't seen him get blown up many times, but Dante Fowler blew him up on that fourth that fourth down. This is the second week in a row that Dante Fowler had a, a stop on fourth down coming off the edge. I know you guys are looking for all of the sack numbers, but you got to look at the whole complete game. You can't just look at numbers. Mike's been saying this for a long time. He made a whole video about Grady Jarrett. Y'all go check Mad Mike's channel out. And this was a while ago. But he talked about it. We always look at the glitz and glamour. We never look at what guys do, like what kind of effect they have on the game. Dante Fowler, the reason I was saying everybody was asking, who's the lead on this defense? Who's that lightning rod on this defense? It's Dante Fowler. Did y'all see him get that stop? And then he started, even though it ain't many people in the stadium, I don't know who he was telling to make noise, but he was pointing to somebody telling them make noise after he made that stop and then they knocked his helmet off. And then he got that penalty for taking his helmet off. Dante Fowler is a lightning rod. He's going to be a player. If, if Rex Ryan comes here, he's not letting go of Dante Fowler. Dante Fowler is one of those players that lights a fire up under these guys. He's a motivational type player. And to me, the reason that Dante Fowler isn't playing or ha- he doesn't have the sack numbers is because we're getting no push up the middle. Like we're not getting no push up the middle. It's the same thing when we had Vic Beasley. Like Vic Beasley, and that's why Mike and me and Mike were, um, we, we were supporters of Vic Beasley because we rely too much on one player. We're expecting Dante Fowler to come in here and be the savior, but that's not realistic. It's the same thing with Aaron Donald. You guys go watch the Super Bowl that Aaron Donald played in. He didn't have any sacks in that game. He didn't even have any tackles for loss in that game. And that's because the Rams defense relies, uh, relies heavily on him. It's the same thing with Dante Fowler. When he came in, we're expecting Dante Fowler to get 10-plus sacks, but it's not realistic because, to be honest, I thought this defensive line for the Falcons was going to be a lot better. And the reason I thought that coming into the season is because I talked about the depth that we had. But if we be honest, we haven't been healthy the whole season. Like Marlon Davidson, he was supposed to be the guy to come in and be that guy next to Grady Jarrett to, you know, uh, help him with those double teams, get those double teams off. Him. And uh, Marlon Davidson hasn't even played really this year. He's played three games because he was on the COVID list. And then he came into the season with that knee injury. Uh, John Kaminsky, he's another guy that was supposed to take a leap. Uh, Grady Jarrett was uh, talking about him, that he was a player that took a big step during the small training camp that they had. He's been off uh, off the field with the COVID injury and some other injuries early in the season. So we be honest, I've talked about it before. We're playing way too many guys uh, like Steven Means, 
like Charles Harris, guys that really are like 15 to 20 snap guys, but they're playing majority of the snaps because these guys are injured. So I don't really know what you guys want out of Dante Fowler, but if you be honest, we're really shorthanded, not only in the secondary, but we're shorthanded on the defensive line because they only rotate a couple guys in there because of the injuries. This last game, mainly I seen Dante Fowler playing, Steven Means on the edge. Uh, I really didn't even see Charles Harris a whole lot in this last game. And then um, Jacob Tui Mariner. Those are the guys really that they're playing. So they basically have like a rotation of four guys that they're playing at that defensive end position. I thought that we were going to see a lot more of Marlon Davidson, who's been injured. I thought we were going to see a lot more of John Kaminsky. But those guys are not playing. So I don't know what, what tape you guys are watching, what games you guys are watching on Sunday. But hey, Dante Fowler. Go ahead, K Style. All right, so y'all said Fowler didn't didn't do like you said. Fowler blew Adrian Peterson's ass up on that goal line. I agree with that. Did you see Tad McKinley try to talk shit to Adrian Peterson? Thought he did something. And disappeared the rest of the game. That was in the first quarter. I know. I forgot about. <laughs> I remember that. That was the yeah. That was, that, that was the only thing he did the last three games. Was talk shit to Adrian Pearson. Now, like you said, Fowler might not have the sack numbers, but a lot of times that that attention. Can open it up for other guys. Think about it. Keanu Neal got sacked. Mm-hmm. He looked reborn like mm-hmm. this past game. He looked reborn. He he looked light on his feet mm-hmm. for the first time in years. So as long like I said, as long as your defense is getting sacked, one individual sack person sack number is not what's gonna matter. You just don't want to go through a season where you only getting sacked every seven games. Yeah, We've been you through that with Mike Smith. <laughs> you want that? You want you want the Mike Smith sacks sack error again? Paul John Abraham, <laughs> I didn't think so. Look at Smitty talking about tax should be traded for season tickets and a bucket man. of chicken. <laughs> hey man, Tequila ain't got no part. I got no business being on the damn football team. Your ass down somewhere. You need to put a damn tutu on. You need to be the first. All to that go. damn. He need, he need to go. Hold on. Here, here, here's Tag. Tag Tag is about to join us in a second here. <laughs> I trade that motherfucker for a box of Magnum condoms and a in a bucket of chicken. <laughs> At least I get a rise up out of that. I get a rise up on Fort Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> horrible. It's horrible. What are these heathens yeah, on this show? Me, look, look, look. At least I know they'll come to him like his ass. Oh my god. Hey, you never know what cut. We, we straight shooters around here, straight from the hill. No filter. But, but oh, yeah, goodness. like I said, like I said, like I said, Fowler's attitude, you can see it on the field. 
That's all we said. You can see it on the field. If, that, 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 go ahead. What you got, Mike? What you got? Uh, who the heck is this? I don't know who that two ninety nine is. All right, uh, Michael Walker. That's, that's just Rock TV or uh, J Rock. You J-Rock? know who that is, J Rock. J Rock two ninety nine. J Rock two ninety nine. Oh yeah, hey, hey, man, look, that's a steal. J Rock. Yeah. Um, yeah. let, let me say this about like this. This is why I say. You have to enjoy football to understand what Dante Fowler brings. Dante Fowler was brought here to bring this team attitude, toughness, awareness, do the dirty work. He wasn't here to come here for solely for sacks. This is what Tack was supposed to be. He was supposed to be the sack artist. He was brought here to be an asset to Grady, Jared, and Tack. When you don't have Tack on the field, you take away what Dante Fowler is supposed to be. He was supposed to be the guy that command the double team with he and, you know, Grady Jarrett. Those guys were supposed to be the double team guys. Tack was supposed to get the one-on-ones, and he'd be the sack guy. That's This is what Vic Beasley was supposed to be. He was supposed to be the sack guy. But when you have Vic Beasley, who is a complete player, like he's only a pass rush, and you're putting him at defensive end to be a complete defensive end, there lies the freaking problem. Vic Beasley is not a complete defensive end. Dante Fowler is not a complete def- defensive end. He brings toughness. He brings the asset to the running game. And what we saw, he blew the hell out of Adrian Peterson. That's what he was supposed to bring to the game, to the defense. But when you have Takina McKinley, who's sitting on Twitter, Pointing the fingers at everybody's self, his little punk ass self. The defense is a complete. You gotta look at the defense as a whole. And that's that's the issue. You're looking at guys, oh, he played defensive end. Why isn't he getting sacked? Well, he's not a sack artist. It's just like wanting Paul Soli out to be damn Warren Sapp. This motherfucker 350 pounds. He can't be Warren Sapp. He can't get sacks. You know what I'm saying? So you got you gotta be real. What players' abilities, okay? Stop. Just because he played defensive end doesn't mean he's a sack artist. I don't know if you guys know that or understand that. Just because he plays a, a, a specific position doesn't necessarily mean he has the same abilities. That's why Fred Olakun is playing so well right now because he is the guy that takes on the double teams and be more physical so Deion Jones hasn't, doesn't have to do all of that. Different abilities. That's why they have different positions. Strong side linebacker, middle linebacker, weak side linebacker. Different abilities. Now you may speak. Proceed. <laughs> hey, now I want to address the, uh, the super chat. I want to address that sh- uh, super chat by J-Rock. Like, uh, I really think that uh, he was talking about Michael Walker. I really think that we are set at, at linebacker. As far as our three linebackers, uh, Mike was just talking about it. Mm-hmm. We already got Deion Jones for the contract. Um, I believe a foyer uh, Olacon or Luacon, I think he has one more year left on his deal, but I think he's going to get an extension. If I was the Falcons, I'm paying him this off. Whoever the next head coach is, I'm paying him because he's playing that Devondre Campbell role. 
and he's 100 times better than Devondre Campbell. I don't know if you guys watching Devondre Campbell with Arizona, but Aluakon, he's one of those guys that he can cover. As a linebacker in this league, you have to be able to cover. That was the biggest problem with uh, Campbell. And I really think that Michael Walker is another one of those guys that he's physical. If y'all seen him in the run game, Michael Walker doesn't back down from nobody. But the reason that he plays so physical, because if you go look at his college tape, they had that man playing some defensive end. He was playing some defensive end in college. So he's a guy that knows how to take on blockers and be physical. So to me, a four-year Lewicon, uh, Michael Walker, and Deion Jones, that's your three linebackers right there. You said it, linebacker. So, and you just you have uh, Michael Walker under that rookie deal for a little while, so you can afford to go ahead and pay a Foyer Luakon, and you have that pairing of Deion Jones and Foyer Luakon because a Foyer is good at covering the tight ends, and then you have Deion Jones that can cover the running backs out of the backfield, and you have a Foyer that can be physical in the run game because he's another guy that I think we need to do a film breakdown on uh, one of us because. I don't know if you guys seen him on the goal line, but Afoye had a nice stop too. I think actually Big Low did, um, Big Low Country did one, uh, talking about Afoye. He showed that goal line stand. I, I think it was against Minnesota where Afoye uh, came down and made a stop. I think it was like on third down on that fourth, uh, that fourth down stop that we had where Afoye basically shot the gap and made a tackle in the backfield. So we're set at that linebacker position. So he's right about that. Michael Walker, Michael Walker was definitely a steal because I didn't know how we were going to use him. When I looked at his college tape, I'm like, this guy looks like a Swiss Army knife. Like, I didn't know we were going to try to use him in, like, a 3-4 setting where he's, like, an outside linebacker, kind of like a Bud Dupree, or whether we were going to use him where he's actually dropping back in coverage and playing more of, like, a 4-3. We've kind of been using him in the 4-3 set where he's kind of dropping back and he's, you know, coming up and making tackles, taking on blockers and things of that, that nature in the run game. But I think those three guys at linebacker, you're set. I mean, you can bring in a couple more guys to play backups, but we got our starters on that second level. I like all of those right. guys, man. Go ahead, Jim. You preach, mm-hmm. bro. Preach. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, that, that college tape, like I said, he was playing some deep cover, too. I'll tell you that much. And he was hitting that line of scrimmage in less than 0.5 seconds. <laughs> I, I'm serious. That boy, that, boy, that boy used to drop back about 20 yards. They run that ball. About two seconds, bam, make the tackle. Five yards at the line. I'm like, this motherfucker got some acceleration. I ain't seen no linebacker like that in Atlanta in a long time. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, we're going to get some questions going on, people. That's right. I don't know what you think. Q&A. You guys ask. What you want to hear? Oh. Um, um, there we go. Oh, look, I, I will put uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let Jamal Grant. He's a, is it stupid to bring Dan Quinn back as GM? Man, he can't. I'm about to say, boy, that's that super high impact coaching right there, boy. <laughs> can't coach worth a damn in that game. Oh my god! But, but I about to say, man, 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 give us some input on the on the whole on the Michael Michael Walker thing. I think the people want to know what you think. Oh me? I said Maggie. You said what? Maggie on the 
on, on the super chat, what you think of Michael Walker? Oh, yeah, I said, yeah. I'm excited about that. That's to me, that's a steal. Okay, yeah, don't don't mind me. I'm still on the drowsy side of the game, so no, it sounds like you said Mike. That's why I was looking yeah, like that's what I said. I thought it was yeah, that's what I thought. My bad, and I'm over here multitasking at the same time. Y'all can never. I'm here, but I'm never there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hey, it's not Edwards, bro. It's not Edwards, man. He, he, he not, got not, it. <laughs> My bad. I shouldn't pay attention more. Got a question for the chat. I got a question for all y'all. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. Hey, I, I know you guys seen that the Jets have uh, Quentin Williams. I think it's his name. That nose tackle. They have him on the market. They're trying to trade him. What you guys think about bringing him in? Because I think that he's a guy that could come in and help Grady Jarrett on the inside as far as those double teams. And I think if we bring somebody like a Rex Ryan in or the uh, defensive coordinator, I've been saying his name, uh, the defensive coordinator for the uh, Ravens. I really think that he could come in and possibly do some things. What y'all think about Quentin Williams? Y'all think he's a guy that we should look at, possibly depending on what they want for him? I'm not giving them a first-round pick for him, but I might give them maybe a second round. What y'all think? Talking about the, 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 no, the no tackle from Alabama? Yeah, Quentin Williams. Alabama, yeah, he's on, a, yeah. he's on a trading block right now. Shit, bring that ass here. <laughs> Fuck it. Like uh, I said, you need to admit you – the only reason I say that because you need you need more you need bodies on that defensive line. Yeah. Because one thing Steven means he is not playing mean. I don't see it in him. <laughs> Second of all, usually, usually I see I, I forget the guy's name. I know he's hyphenated. What it called? I forgot his name. That yeah, yeah, I don't want to get his name confused with somebody else, but <laughs> I don't see too much problem like that. Cause it's like it's like he he'll stand out, but then it's like he'll stand out for thirty seconds, and then fifty nine minutes and thirty seconds we don't see him. Yeah, I make I, I make that play, and plus he's young enough too to where okay, if you do give up that second round pick, it's basically getting a young player. But you getting a young player that has NFL experience, mm -hmm. so I'll take it. Before you go, Mike, I just want to say one thing. What I would kind of do before I I pitch it to you, what I'm thinking and what I'm thinking for the new regime. I don't know what they're going to do, but personally, I think that we have the guys to play a three four. Me and Mike's been talking about it, and I feel like you bring him in, you can kind of build on that three four. We already are running three four, like some three four scheme already. We've been talking about. It. We've been running. Letting Dante Fowler and those guys stand up in that two point stance on the outside. So I would bring him in and start to build this three four. That's what I would do. But go ahead, Mike. I'm going to see what you, what you think. Man. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Uh, I'll say this. There, you're going to have to pay them. Let's 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 be honest. New New York is just trying to get out of paying this guy because he is a baller. If you can somehow 
convince him to take a lesser deal and you know play under 10 million dollars i would do it but it's not because of lack of talent they want to go in a different direction and at this point anybody any assets that new york has at the time at this current time they're just trying to open up space for the next coach and you know kind of do what jeff uh, john Gruden did with the oakland raiders they just getting rid of everybody it's just a fire sale and this is the reason why i say even with the falcons if the falcons were trying to uh rebuild they would have been shipped off tack it would have been shipped off Keon O'Neill. These guys on their last year of their deal. So they for sure, they know that they are going to get picks for these guys, uh, compensation picks for the guys. So as far as Quentin Williams is concerned, I think the only reason why he's at this point in time uh, on the trading block is because they're trying to at least get something for him um, for the next guy regime. But as far as his, 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 his skill set, I, I honestly I thought the Falcons would and should have went up to get him. To pair him with Grady Jared is absolutely scary. Running a three-four scheme with those guys, Quentin Williams has a motor like Grady Jared. Those guys are absolutely relentless. I've done the the film on this guy. And he's he's a, he's a problem. Anybody who knows Georgia and seen what he did against Georgia, man, against that offensive line of Georgia, and those guys, like he he was giving, um, what's the guy, the offensive tackle for uh, the Patriots right now? Um, I know he's talking about Mm-mm, the tackle. Uh, oh, um, and not Andrew Thomas. Like, what the other one? Uh, Tom, uh, is it? No, it's not Ed, Ed Thomas, but. Um, he played I, with the Giants. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't remember his name. I know you're talking about. I can't he got injured his first but, season. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But those guys, like he was giving that guy, he was giving a prop. And this, yeah. he's a defensive tackle. Much like, say that again. Yeah, Mr. Isaiah Wynn is his name. Of uh, Mike. Wynn. Okay. Yeah. 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 That like that guy. He was giving him a run for his money, and he's playing against tackles. Anytime you have a defensive tackle playing against tackles and he's really getting around them, getting through them. He's a problem. So you pair him up with Grady Jair and both of those guys are playing the four eye. Um, it's not a lot you can do. You can't combat two defensive tackles who are essentially between the tackle and the guards and they can go inside and outside at any given time. Um, because he can beat the guard, he can beat the tackle, he can beat the tight end. So you're forced to play those guys straight up. And in, anytime you play Grady Jarrett and Quentin Williams straight up, man, you can do anything you want to in the middle of that, in the middle of that formation. Like that, you have to give these guys attention. So with that being said, you can play with even a little punk behind tack. You can pay him a couple million dollars. And he'll end up getting 10 sacks or whatnot because you got these two guys that essentially killing not only your tackles, but your guards. And I'm probably going over a lot of people here with all this damn football terminology. But anytime you can, 
anytime you can have you have two guys that are commanding the both guard position and tackle position, that's a problem. That's a nightmare for any offensive line. And that defense will be absolutely scary. So I love the idea of bringing Quentin Williams, but it has to be for the right deal, man. That 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 right there would be absolutely beautiful to have him team with Grady Jarrett. Yeah, man. I, I hope we bring him in, but I don't, you know, I don't know what they asked for. Like you said, it's a fire sale. It's just like what the Dolphins mm-hmm. was doing last year when they were just mm-hmm. letting go all of their star players. But I hope we we really uh take a look at it see what they ask for, give the Jets a call, just to see what they want for them. Because, I mean, yeah. what's the worst that can happen? You at least bring them in, you know what I'm saying, make that call, see what they're asking for. If the number's too high or they you know, they want a first-round pick, we might not want to do it. but Because you always can find a nose tackle, mm-hmm. but he's extremely talented. So you compare him with Grady Jarrett, people will see Dante probably and those guys get more sacks. Like you talked about, it's going to free all of those guys up. Yeah. Because I was about to say, if you had those two together, it would remind you of that Jacksonville defensive line from back then. Well, the market, what well, 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 was it, Strong and Henderson? Str- no, Stroud and Henderson? Yeah. Mm, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be some nice and red and black. Because mm-hmm. I said Malik, the fans said they want a second rounder for Williams. But is it do we have but the thing is we still gotta look at do we have the space to keep? And also yeah. the net the next head coach, the next head coach, does he want all his picks? And that's that's like you kind of mm-hmm. have to get the you know, you know, if if they already have an idea of the coach that they want to bring in, like they have to have the conversations with him right now to see if he wants to pick or he wants to kind of um have a a five sale, so to speak, um, get rid of certain people um, on the defensive side of the ball if they have to, you know, kind of sacrifice someone on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you kind of got to get his post as far as, and this is the reason why Dan Quinn, um, not Dan Quinn, but uh, Rich McKay and Arthur Blank have said, like, they're not making any moves because you can't make any moves because you don't know what the head, the next head coach is thinking, whether does he want to spend money via free agency um, does he like the players current on the current roster? Does he want to get you know a, a handful of picks so he can make the necessary moves during the draft to get you know uh, you know go up in the draft to go get a guy like Julio Jones who thinks is a special you know player in the draft? Like these are the things that you don't know. And it, uh, like like I said before, people love to make assumptions about players before the draft actually happens. Before we see their combine numbers, how many times that we've seen? players in college that we thought was going to have an explosive combine and they look like absolute trash in the combine. Jake from, um, but yeah, like that, that, that's what I'm talking about. Everybody say he was, was going to be a number one pick. He's going to be a first round pick. That dude looked like absolute garbage in, in, in the uh, combine. You know what I'm saying? So like th- these are the things you got to wait. Like I, I always had his wait and see attitude because you don't know. Even your boy, I don't know if you guys saw it earlier today, but they saying your boy is rumors already stating that Trevor Lawrence may stay for his senior season in Clemson. So all this damn, we need to tank Trevor, Trevor and all this shit. Look, your ass might be tanking for the wrong motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? You might be <laughs> 
but you might be tanking for the wrong person. You might be tanking for them, uh, Trent Dilfer. You know what I'm saying? The next Trent Dilfer. You up here tanking for guys you don't even want. You 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 basically getting the number one pick for a guy that's absolute trash. I'll take it for Bo Nix. Wait to see, dog. Bo Nix. Yeah, man. And J Rock killing it with the they go to another two ninety nine in the the, two ninety nine super chat. Hey, (laughs) and look, he's talking about my boy Marlon Davidson, War Eagle from Auburn. Like I said, we don't know what Marlon Davidson is. He ain't played. He ain't played. That's what I'm telling you. Like, calm down. Like everybody on Dante Fowler next. We got guys that ain't even playing because of COVID. We ain't seen John. I mean, Brady Jarrett was talking all that stuff about John Kaminsky. John Kaminsky ain't even seen the field for real. So I'm like, as much as we want to get on this team, he ain't even seen the field. Like, yeah, we can keep getting on this. Like, and what what scares me, what why I have hope for this Falcons team is because even though we're not healthy, we're in every single one of these games. Like, those are two playmakers possibly: John Kaminsky, Marlon Davis. That didn't even play on Sunday against Detroit. Everybody know we should have beat Detroit. Everybody knows we should have beat Chicago. Everybody knows we should have beat Dallas. We definitely should have beat Dallas. But should have, would have, could have. Should have, would have, could have. But at the end of the day, we're not even – we don't – some of these playmakers are not even out here. Like, they, Marlon Davidson, he didn't play in that game. Like, uh, John Kaminsky hasn't played. Like I said, I thought we were going to have a rotation. I thought we were going to be able to – bring four new guys in and all that. I was talking all that stuff before the season started, but none of that came to fruition because everybody's injured. So it's like, or on the COVID list. So as much as we want to keep saying like this defense sucks and stuff like that, it's like, really, we got to see the full defense out there because we ain't seen the full defense, to be honest. So we don't really know what Marlon Davidson is as a pro. I know what he was at Auburn. He was a dog at Auburn. And I, I keep saying it. He was, a, he was supposed to be, Quentin Williams. I'm talking about Quentin Williams coming in. He was supposed to be that guy to play the nose next to Grady Jarrett, but he's been injured. So we have to rely on um, Tyler. We've been having to rely on Tyler Davidson. And Tyler Davidson, pass rushing is not what he does. He's just basically a run a run defender mainly. That's not what his role is, and that's what Mike keeps talking about. Like the the casual uh, football fan doesn't realize that these guys have roles, you know. And we, some of these guys we don't have in here to play their roles. So I've, I've been calling John Kaminsky. He's built like uh, Patrick Kearney. That's what he reminds me of. So, really, I don't like to see him in that nose. I want to see him out the defensive end position. I think Anthony Wright said it earlier in the chat. Like, we should place uh, Marlon Davidson at the nose and then place uh, John Kaminsky out there on the defensive end. But I want to see us just have a full, a full healthy team to actually see what these guys look like so they can get established in their roles. Once we see that, then we can kind of make adjustment. So it's kind of like we're on that wait and see, like Mike was saying. We got to just wait and see. We don't know. Yeah, because this is the great value version of this defense. <laughs> exactly. The watered-down <laughs> exactly. version of this defense. Exactly. <laughs> Why well, I say I can't believe it's not butter, that's that's what this defense is right now until we get the full pieces. Exactly. But, you can move but, but, rims up and down. He said defense and you can move him up and down the defensive line. Exactly. Exactly. He, he could he could be the Bobby Boucher on the defense <laughs> with him anywhere. <laughs> but 
Hey, let's see. Well, what else we got up here? I know somebody said TV shouldn't got fired. Man, what Sean? If you don't sit your man, sit your behind now. Like, put that man well, in timeout, man. Well, Thomas Dimitrov got fired. Man, you don't sit down somewhere with that nonsense. He said he shouldn't have got fired. Yeah, he should. Yeah, he shouldn't have got fired. Man, man, what, 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 <laughs> bro? Like I said, some of y'all, man, some of y'all, 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 he's trolling. That, that, that was a troll comment, right? He's trolling. He's trolling. <laughs> That's a troll comment. I was like, shit. I'm about to say, Thomas Dimitrov shouldn't have got fired. Shit. <laughs> you, you, I, you, you looking at the wrong team, then. You, you looking at the wrong product on the field. <laughs> I agree with this comment right here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Need us a Danny Sheldon. Right there, Shelton. We need we need us a big boy. We need Rakishi. We need somebody in that mm-hmm. big boy. You can't move them, move them big jokers out of there. Like K Styles yeah, was talking it. about. We need us a Marcus Stroud and uh Henderson in the middle. That, we need us a that, that. Vince Wilford. That's there all I go. gotta say. Vince Wilford. <laughs> there you go. We need us Ted a Vince Wilford, Ted Washington, all of them guys, man. We need us a Tony Saragusa. You just sit him in the middle and you can't move. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's and it forces the offense to go away from us. Exactly. And we know we got the speed to, to get on the edges. So you try to run, you run a toss, you in trouble. Because like Foyer, uh, Michael Walker, and Deion Jones, you ain't getting around them around the edge. Hey, shoot. You just need them for two plays. <laughs> That's all you need, two plays. They go another name, y'all. Where is that? It is. Uh, Akeem Akeem Hicks. Hicks. He was wrecking havoc last night on Monday Night Football against the Rams. He was <laughs> everywhere, dog. That dude there. Oh my God. Say somebody, somebody, somebody brought out one of my favorite Falcons of all time. And Smitty did it again. He came in with a clutch one. Brady yeah. Jackson. Brady <laughs> Jackson. Mm-hmm. Wow. That man said, is, is dirt cutter a problem? Yes or no, man? You ain't looking at the field. You ain't looking at the problem. I'm going to tell him like this. <laughs> he don't have a job. It's for a reason. That man don't have a job. <laughs> it must have been a problem. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, I'm starting no over. To, uh, like, I'm getting ready. Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, I'm getting. No- I, I'm. I'm. I'm getting rid of everybody on that coaching staff. I'm not bringing anybody back. You got to start completely over. The coach is dead. Has to stop. It's complete. Hey, look. So look, we get a lot of Falcons Nation any, on the uh, <laughs> Um, Everybody keeps saying the Falcons are small up front. They're actually much bigger. Um, this year than they've been in a, a while. So it's not necessarily they, they're smaller up front. Um, Tech, he's about like 250. Dante Fowler's about 260, 250, 260. Grady Jarrett is about 290, 300 pounds. Um, he actually gained weight himself. Um, Tyler Davidson is about 310, 315, somewhere in the neighborhood. Uh, Aaron Bailey, uh, Bailey, he's about 290, almost 300 himself. He's a big guy. Um, Marlon Davidson, you look at Marlon Davidson, he's another guy. That's uh, about 290, 300. You like John Kaminsky is a guy about 280. So, those aren't necessarily small up front, 
Um, but you still need that one guy in the middle that you can't move. And that's the issue with the defense. You can move around the defense. You can maneuver around this 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 defensive line. So if you don't have a guy like a Danny Shelton that you can't move out of the middle, that that like that's the issue. You can't protect Deion Jones. It's not necessarily that you gotta have a guy um that is big, um, 350 pounds, um, you know, to just focus on, you know, stopping the run or whatnot. It's not that. Those defensive tackles are there mainly to protect the linebackers, and that's the issue. If you have a 350 pound guy, that that guy is there to protect Dion, to protect Foyer Olakun, protect those offensive linemen from getting on those guys. You can't move a Grady Jerry. You you can't move a a, a guy like Vince Wilfork. You can't move a guy like Paul Soliai. So, in essence, your boy Curtis Lofton. Like even when Curtis Lawson was here, the reason why he his his tackle total was so high because you had the defensive tackles um in the front in in uh in the middle of the fit in the middle of the um of the offensive line to protect your linebackers. That's that's what it's about. You gotta protect your linebackers, keep those offensive linemen off of them, prevent them from getting to the second level. So when it all comes down to it, man, it's like you do need size. Five do need size. And they see they see that now they're not getting pushed around as much as they were in the past. Yeah, there has um there's room for you know improvement, but for the most part, the Falcons aren't getting pushed around. They're not getting bullied up front. We got another super chat. Well, basically, basically, we he's basically saying what we've been saying. We said we in salary cap hell, Falcons. Well, except for the tanking part and trade back to get all the cheap rookies they can. Bait another team to trade up and load up. Um, uh, I, I don't know salary, about that. Now the salary cap part, I oh, agree. Oh, oh, oh. The- we gotta stop this. Like stop. How many times are we going to say tank? Tank never works in any sport. Philadelphia been tanking. Trust the process. And you see what they got now? Ben Simmons is on the trading block. Joel Embiid is on the trading block. Trust the process. That's what y'all want to do? <laughs> the Browns have been tanking for 30 years. And they still garbage. <laughs> Dolphins, they ain't been since Dan Marino retired. 40, 50 years, 40 years since Dan Marino did anything. They still ain't crap. They ain't been since they ain't been nothing. They ain't been nothing since the damn 70s. They've been tanking for years. Where they at? Where they at though? The bad news bears. Tanking does not work. Tanking it does not work. Tanking does not work. You see what tanking did for Cleveland? They got they got LeBron James, and they couldn't do anything. LeBron said, guess what? Forget this crap. We can't build a damn team, so I'm leaving. I'm taking my talent to South Beach. Why? Because tanking doesn't work. It does not work, people. What are you guys are getting this from? These are dreams and hopes. This is not Madden. Tanking does not work. 
It does not work. I agree with you. You forgot one team, Mike. The New York Jets. They ain't been been nowhere since oh. Joe Namath. <laughs> yeah, Joe man. Namath. Yeah, yeah, man. Like tank it don't work. Yeah, tank it don't work. Ask Cleveland. They 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 thirty quarterbacks in from tanking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then, like I said, they got they <laughs> they got stop. They got they thinking they they trying to think basketball tanking is the same as football. Football players can't. You can't take it. Yeah, if you try. Yeah, I wasn't getting necessarily on you. It, it's most. I've been seeing this. We've been seeing this all over the place. We need to tank for Trevor and all this type of stuff. Like, yeah, you may Trevor may be something, but let's say if if he does, we do get him. You still uh. gotta address the defense. <laughs> you still gotta get. You still gotta around him. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Well, I'll see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Woosa. But yeah, like I said, <laughs> like I said, tanking in football is impossible. You can't tank. Like I said, that sets a bad that sets a bad message for your team anyway. Like, oh, we're gonna we're, the only way we're gonna be good is we're gonna lose a bunch of games to get one player. Then like the rest of your players on your team gonna be looking like, well, we playing for him. All he gonna do is, only way we gonna get good is we are gonna lose games. Exactly. That mentality doesn't work for football players. You can do it in soccer, baseball, basketball, whatever you want, but football, damn sure ain't working. Mm-hmm. It's two reasons why tanking don't work. Mess around there and not go hundred percent out there on that football field. You mess around and get hurt. Exactly. <laughs> And another reason that tanking yeah. don't yeah, you get hurt. And another reason that tanking doesn't work is because once you tank, you still got to draft the right players. And that's why I give John Gruden and those guys credit when they let go of those guys that they let go. The guys that when you draft a guy, you never know if this guy's gonna pan out in the league. So you can have all mm-hmm. the draft picks you want. You can have ten first round draft picks in one year. But if you don't draft the right guys that fit your scheme, because sometimes it's not even about the player not being talented. They have to fit the scheme that you're playing. And that's the biggest thing. We always talk about Vic Beasley. If you you draft a great player, but he he doesn't fit the scheme you're playing, look at Josh Norman, for example. He was in Carolina. But then he got that big payday from the Redskins, and he was never the same because he didn't fit that scheme. And sometimes I think players kind of get the big head. And I never, I, I'm always pro player about getting your money. But sometimes it makes you look bad when you go to the highest bidder, but that team doesn't play a scheme that fits your play style. Because then you kind of revert back to being like it almost looks like you stole money. Like Josh Norman is a quality corner. It was just he went to a scheme that he didn't fit because he was going after the money. And he really should have tried to stay mm-hmm. in Carolina. He possibly would have had to take less money. But that scheme was perfect for him. Because if you guys remember when he was in Carolina, he was a pro bowler. But he's never been the same ever since yeah. he went to Washington, and now he's in Buffalo. But it's all about fit, scheme, and it's about drafting the right player. Like I said, you never know. When you're drafting a guy, just because a guy's good in college, you never know how he's going to do in the NFL. And that's my whole thing with Marlon Davis. We don't know right now what Marlon Davis is because we ain't seen him enough out there. We don't have enough tape on him. It's the same thing when when you go in, into that you know into that draft and you're picking guys. It don't matter how high you pick them, they got to pan out eventually. 
and you never know. You might roll snake eye. You never know. Just like you said with Josh Norman, you also remember that front seven, that Carolina front seven is one of the best front sevens in the league. Ooh, so they hit, hit they, oh, yes. they hit they hit all his inabilities. Yeah, they all hit his weaknesses was hidden. Exactly. Well, they started gone, and when he took that money, and just Buffalo just a couple weeks ago, he was Superman in that hole when he ran up against Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> so yeah. But, but yeah, like you said, that, that scheme, that scheme and that fit is the number one thing. Like I said, you can get a Trevor Lawrence, but he may not fit your scheme, or you can get a Jared Lorenzen who might fit your scheme, and you might win more. <laughs> so at the end of the day, your scouting, your scouting department got your scouting department and your coaching staff and your GM all has to be in one accord. It can't be, mm-hmm. I want this guy, but I want this guy, and I want this guy. Everybody's got to be together. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Hey. Well, we're at the part of the show where we're about to hit the two-point conversion. Not one, but two-point conversion. Who wants to go ahead and kick it off? Hey, man, I'll kick it off because I never do. So let me go ahead and kick this off real quick. It's going to be real fast. Mm-hmm. Thursday night, This is this is for... This Thursday night game against Carolina. We know what we need to do. We've faced them already. This is the revenge game. We go, we go down or go up to Carolina. We already know what we got to do. We know the scheme that they play. They play the cover three just like we play the cover three. We know what we're going to have to do on offense. Run the football. Uh, run the football consistently. Play for 60 minutes, as K-Styles always say. And coaching – the coaching has to be smart in this game. We have to play smart. We can't come in there with preconceived notions, as we've been talking about. I hope that they actually are watching this. Most likely not, but hopefully somebody gets this tape to them. We can't come into the game with preconceived notions of this is what we're going to do. We're not going to make no in-game adjustments because, trust me, Carolina is going to do something different in this game than they did last game. They got nothing to lose. They're a team, a young team, and their coach um, is an offensive-minded coach. So they're going to do try to do some different things in this game, but we pretty much know what they do on defense. So with our offense, we got to hit on all cylinders, but it has to start with the running game. And I want to see some creativeness out of the running game. Hopefully we don't come in here and just, just run up the gut, run up the gut, run up the gut, first down, run up the gut, second down, run up the gut, third down, play-action pass. Like, we got to mix it up in this game. But I really think that we got a great chance of winning this game. Um I really think that a lot of teams are going to be sleeping on us, even though Carolina is one of those teams that's a rivalry game. I think that they're kind of sleeping on us because since Raheem Morris has taken over, this team looked completely different than when we faced Carolina. So I hope they're ready for some guys to be to be out there hit. Because on the defensive side of things, I don't know if you guys are noticing, but the defense played a lot better. Even in the running game, I went and looked at the stats from last game. They only rushed for mm-hmm. 60, 66 yards, I believe. Uh, last game against Detroit, and they have one of the better three-headed monsters in the league with DeAndre Swift, Adrian Peterson, and Carrion Johnson. So we did a pretty good job of tackling. We did a good job of bringing that physicality. So if we bring the same physicality to this game, uh, 
what's his name? Mike Davis that ran through us that first time. He got another thing coming in this game because them guys are playing mm-hmm. physical. So if we do our thing. We come and we play physical in this game and we we are smart with our coaching. We're not just going for it and coming in the game with these preconceived notions. We should win this game handily. I really think the Falcons are going to win this game handily. We pissed off Matt Ryan and those guys are ticked off about this last game. And we know that the refs really screwed us with a lot of the calls this last game. As much as I don't like to bring the refs and the All zebras right. into Woo. it, we, we got we got robbed. We got holes in a lot of calls in this last game. So I really expect in this, this game against Carolina, I think those guys on the short week are really going to be motivated to prove that last week was a uh, was a fluke. And I'm going to leave it at that. I'll, I'll, say I'll go next, but before I do, I want to hit this 199 super chat that came in in the clutch. Todd Mullis, 199. So basically, he's just saying, How did you feel about the Listrom pick? How do you feel about Chris Listrom? Oh, man. Me and Michael talked about Chris Listrom. Him and Caleb McGarry. Them guys are monsters, man. Especially when you allow them to be physical. That's why I keep saying, like, we have to let we have to run the football. Even when you're not getting a lot of yardage, just let those guys go up and be aggressive. These guys are 300 plus pound guys. Let them go forward instead of backwards. It's always uh, to be aggressive. How can you be aggressive backpedaling in pass protection? You can't be aggressive like that. The way you be aggressive, you run at them, punch them in the mouth, go at them. Like, one thing I like about the Rams, everybody talks about. Uh, Sean McVay and his passing game and stuff like that being soft. If you watch Monday Night Football, they were trying to punch the Bears in the mouth. I put it on my Twitter. They punching the Bears in the mouth right now. Like, they swinging back. They were running with that kid Brown. He was running right at them guys. Even though the Bears had one of the better defenses, they were running right at the teeth of that defense, and he was letting his offensive line be aggressive. So you can only be aggressive going forward. Don't have these guys going backwards the whole game on their heels. When you're trying to pass protect, you're on your heels. But when you running, the, you know you running the ball. You doing what football was made to do: move another man against his will, push them guys around, and that's what Caleb McGarry and Chris Lindstrom like to do. Them guys like to bully the defensive line. So let them guys be bullies. Let them guys go forward and let those guys be aggressive. You can't be aggressive. The reason, the reason that a lot of people say the Falcons are a soft team is because Dirk Cutter want to throw the ball all over the yard all the time, and he don't want to run the football. If you run the football, that's how you punch a defense in the in the mouth. That's how you wear them out. You don't wear them out in the passing game when you're throwing the ball over their head. You wear them out in the trenches, and you make them quit. <laughs> well, I'm going to say I'm going to appreciate everybody tuning in tonight with the Atlanta Falcon Nation family with the heavy hitters. Make sure you follow everybody's handles. Hold on. I'm going to get it right. Jew Talk Sports. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maggie T. Mad Mike over there, if I can get the pointing right, and K Styles here. But all I want, I, I want to see, I want to see the same fight. I want to see the same aggression. I want to see the, I want to see the play calling better. Like I said, the coaches can Like I said, I want, I don't want nobody comfortable in this game. That's all I want to see. I don't want to see no comfortable. I want to see everything like everybody's job is on the line mm-hmm. because the trade, like you said, Matt Ryan had to address the trade rumors. He said he wants to be here and he ain't going nowhere. Julio said, despite one of six, he ain't going nowhere. 
So y'all can kill that now. They said they in it for the long haul, no matter what season it is. Now, I'm just I'm just gonna leave it at that. Like I said, I like I said, I ain't worried about no playoffs, none of that <laughs> stuff. I just want some consistency. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Well, I guess I'm a you know clean house a little bit. I want everybody. I appreciate everybody uh-huh. tuning in. You know, Matt Mike Sports. Uh-huh. You talk sports. Just case. Let me get mine in, Mama. Let me get mine in, Mama. I got to get my two. Oh, I got to get my two in. I, I, I got to say this. I got to say this, man. Well, I'll be right back. Uh, <laughs> let me let me say, this. yeah, just just take a just take a, a couple minutes uh, because this this yeah I'm, I'm I'm I got to I got to say this. I got a bone to pick with a a, a few people. All right, what y'all don't know, what y'all don't know here. Not the Falcons Nation, we do things a little different here. What we do here, we give you nothing but the unadulterated truth. Okay? I don't give a shit if you like it or not. You don't like the truth. In fact, some of the truth, sometimes the truth hurts. The truth does hurt. I don't know if you guys remember that song, Dr. Dre and Truth Hurts. Yeah, sometimes the truth does hurt. That shit, that, that shit does hurt. Okay? You don't have to like it. You're going to get here is the absolute truth. And what the truth is, is that the Atlanta Falcons don't have money to be going out and just throwing the shit away because y'all and y'all feelings about a particular quarterback or a particular player or everybody. Okay? We're stuck with Julio and Matt for the next two years because we invested in our core players. That's the fact. I'm not saying keep Matt Ryan and Julio Jones around because I love these guys. No, I'm not saying that because I love these guys. I'm actually looking at the salary cap so you motherfuckers don't do anything. I'm looking at the number $79 million, $49 million next year, Julio, 28, 30 million this year, and next year is just about as high. $20 million almost, look again, over $100 million. And that's just talking, I'm just talking about Julio and Matt. You can't move Jake Matthews because you gave him a massive contract. You invested in the rookies. You invested in Grady Jerry. You invested in Deion Jones. You don't have the money. It's simple. It's the truth. So stop with the narratives of we are just saying this because we love Matt Ryan. Oh, y'all are Matt Ryan. Y'all are Ryan. Y'all are Ryan. Well, we Ryan. Y'all some crying ass bitches. Okay. Stop crying. He's not going anywhere. Do you understand? In order to tank, you have to have a team that is older. One, they have to be older, an older team. 
and the contract has to be close to expiring. You don't terminate contracts in the first couple of years of it. It's in, it's virtually impossible to just con like cut contracts in, in in the first couple of years in it because the structure, the way the uh, the contracts are structured, is players are getting their money up front, guaranteed money. With guaranteed money, you're getting in the first couple of years. After that, the first two three years, that's when they're getting their money. After that, that's when you'll be able to get rid of. Matt Ryan and Julio Jones just signed a contract just last year. You guys forgot about that? Ah, you probably don't know because you don't do research and you don't read. So I like I, I really I really appreciate those who understand the fact that there is a contract, there is a such thing as a salary cap, and stop coming at not only myself, Jew, Kevin, and you know the guys, boy, uh, Jazzy Jeff. Pound for pound, all these guys. We've been saying this over and over and over again. There's a such thing as a salary cap. We're stuck. We're not saying this shit just to be saying it. So, like, you guys got to, like, like wise up, read a book, Google. I don't give a fuck what you do. Do one of them. Do all three of them. But wise up, smarten up. I love y'all dudes to death, but some of you guys are just incredible. Some of you guys are just incredible. With the, like, the, the, look, we're in salary cap hell. We can't. It's we. It's virtually impossible for us to, to tank and rebuild. So, with that being said, man, I truly appreciate every one of you guys. All right, but I am not here to kiss y'all ass. I'm going to give you nothing but the truth. Period. I'm not the alcoholic. I'm not all these other people. I'm not ESPN to give y'all stories and headlines because y'all want to be satisfied. That's not what you're going to get here. Period, point blank. And that's all I got to say about that, man. And like I said, I got to get that off my chest because I'm I'm, hearing, I'm seeing a lot of people just coming up here hating. I don't know what I'm talking about. We don't know what we're talking about. Maggie don't know what she's talking about because she is a female and all that shit. They all don't know what y'all talking about. I'm gonna get you nothing but the truth and the facts over here. And I know I'm gonna cursed out by Maggie by the end, end of this show, but um, I had to get that out, man. I'm tired of seeing all this. Y'all, no, y'all taking y'all just saying my this bad. because of Maggie. I'm sorry. It's like, like I said, I got a whole bunch of multitasking going on and some things going on in the house. So my bad. That was me. So you ain't gonna get cussed out today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these fans about to get cussed out, though. I, I'm, I'm looking at one. Oh, no, no. Let me, let me say this. I, I want to say this. I want to say this. Okay, Mark 504, you a Saints fan. And you're trolling. You're watching a Falcon podcast. That ain't got nothing. Where's your Saints podcast so we can watch? I mean, you control us all you want. You're not going to stop us from not being Falcon fans. No, Falcon fans. We're going to follow him. Where you at, 504? Oh, I'm looking at him right now. He got the only two videos I've seen on his channel are some mobile game from last year. 
don't see no saints. I don't see no saints. Nothing. He ain't following no saints sites or anything like that. So yeah, like I said, you like I said, you can keep trolling. You can keep trolling us. You want, like I said, you're building our platform, but you're a Saints fan and you're building a Falcon fans platform. Appreciate your view. So we appreciate the, the view. So you keep talking. You keep talking your shit. You love us. Yeah. You probably yes. a four, probably a 13, 14 year old that just want to troll. <laughs> well, on that note, I appreciate all the fans. I'm seeing all kinds of fans in here. To be uh, so it's really oh, kind of appreciated. Oh. oh, look, I you rather be. <laughs> they be trolling. Be... Some of them be giving us props yeah. and everything. So I appreciate every last hater, supporter from any team. But let's go ahead and clean house. If wondering where can you go and kind of chat after the fact, we do have a Discord, Atlanta Falcons Nation. I'm gonna put the link back in the chat. Make sure y'all follow that. I be in there too. You know what I'm saying? So if y'all want to talk some football, you know, y'all just want to, you know, after the fact, post game, anything, go in there and talk your shit amongst other Falcons fans. You know what I'm saying? So appreciate y'all. Make sure tomorrow you're watching ATL in Sports Zone, same time, eight o'clock. It's hey, uh, was... Big Low Country and Mr. Um, Terra R's Photo Phone. So those guys right there, they great too. With that film breakdown by Low, Madden by Mr. Tonio. Yeah, I will get something else right there. It's like a sh different show every day. Every day. Mm -hmm. I appreciate y'all tuning in for each and every show. And then right after that, make sure y'all check out this some Lust Exchange. It's unrelated. I'm going to go ahead and put my cheap plug in there. Little kids, stay away. Please stay away from little kids. Lust Exchange is not for the babies. You got to be 18 and older to watch because there you go. What in the world? Because you do be saying what in the world on my show? So y'all make sure y'all tune in that after <laughs> Mr. Sports Zones right here, Mr. Big Low Country Country Coach. <laughs> hey, 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 I'm gonna say one more thing. Rather be a fake Will Smith than a Jesse Smollett looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I might say a fake Will Smith. Man, you don't see corny ass <laughs> Dusty ass, dusty ass. <laughs> but yes, y'all tomorrow night post game for the weekend, and we actually thinking about a third show. So we recruiting. You know what I'm saying? I got my emails. I'm hitting some folks up. So you never know. You never know who you might see. But appreciate y'all. To the next time. We are the Atlanta Falcons Nation. We are the nation. Remember that. And we, we are all the nation. Remember that. We are the nation. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh... Yeah.